Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 6 of Revelation chapter 17. We're going to be reading Revelation 17, verses 7 and 8. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And I'll stop reading there. Now, um, uh, last time we were looking at verse 6, and the Apostle John, when he saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus... He wondered with great admiration. And that's why in verse 7, the the angel said unto John, Wherefore didst thou marvel? The word admiration and marvel are a translation of the same Greek word. And it means to wonder. He saw this sight and it was a wonder to him. And as God says in First John, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. And and certainly the woman hates the children of God. Hates them to the point of God picturing her as being drunken with their blood because she has been involved with their death. In And we discussed that last time, either physically or spiritually, or um, in the sense of hatred, as hatred and murder are um are uh, equated in the bible and 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 that's what john is marveling at at the sight of this woman who who again babylon typifies the kingdom of satan all of uh the unsaved that are within that kingdom and 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 so uh, the angel said unto the apostle john Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman. Now this is the second time the word mystery has come up. Back in verse 5 of this chapter, Revelation 17, it says, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great. And now the angel, who would be uh, one of the seven angels... And, and again, we, we discussed how Christ could be the one in view as he would be, um, within the body of believers and, and the people of God and Christ, uh, identify with one another. That, uh, that it is God, of course, who explains the mystery of the scriptures to his people. And the Apostle John is a figure of a child, well, he is a child of God who would represent a true believer. I will tell thee the mystery of the woman. In 
Mark chapter 4. In Mark 4, we read beginning in verse 10, and this is uh, following a parable that Christ has just spoken concerning the sowing of seed. And it says in Mark 4.10, And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And this is a statement that helps explain a great deal uh, concerning why it is that some people are able to understand the things of the Bible and the vast majority of people are not. And the Bible is shut up. It is, it is hidden. It is a mystery to the unsaved people of the world. If you talk to them about the Bible and, uh, for instance, how God explains to his people the end of the church age, how does he explain it to us? Well, he tells us First of all, types and figures. Judah represents the church. And here in Matthew 24, let those in Judea, the churches, when they see the abomination of desolation, and the abomination of desolation represents something else. It pictures Satan standing in the holy place. Then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. And the mountains represent something else. The mountains represent God's word, the Bible, the kingdom of heaven, which the Bible puts forth. And and and, and so in that uh, one or two verses in Matthew 24, you have uh, an abomination of desolation, Judea, and mountains, and none of them mean what they apparently are said to mean. They, they are figures and types. And, and so when a natural minded individual reads that, he's, he's thinking, well, God is speaking of some sort of monster, an abomination of desolation that enters into some holy place. Since it's in Judea, it's probably something related to the temple and, and they're to come out and flee to the mountains somewhere in Israel. That, that is the natural reading, the literal understanding that um, unsafe people seem to insist upon. And they they don't get that principle that Christ spoke in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak. And here God is speaking of Babylon, and he's telling us of this woman who is a mystery, Babylon, and and we see that the mystery involves the kingdom of Satan. And uh, we ourselves did not clearly, completely understand Babylon until 
we entered into this present day of judgment because we had um, thought that Babylon represented the church and and yet even though the church became a part of Babylon as Satan conquered it and incorporated it into his kingdom yet Babylon is much larger it, it it's far greater in its scope than just the church it is all of the kingdoms that fall under uh, the dominion of Satan and 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 so that's the mystery that the Bible reveals. I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and and it is um, significant that in the next chapter of Revelation 18, God is going to go in depth into detail concerning the fall of Babylon. And since we we are able to understand the mystery through comparing scripture with scripture and and there are certain defining verses where God uh, for instance in Isaiah chapter 13 speaks of the burden of Babylon and then speaks of punishing the world where we're able to determine what that mystery is okay here in verse 7 of Revelation chapter 17 it goes on to say it will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her. And we discussed this a little earlier when we saw that the woman was sitting upon the beast. And and we uh, were wondering about that because in the Bible, to sit points to ruling. And, and we understand the beast represents Satan, who is the, the ruler over his kingdom, so why was the woman who would be Babylon uh, sitting upon the beast, Satan? And it seemed to indicate that the woman was ruling over Satan. And then we went to this verse and we saw this word carrieth in the book of Acts where the apostle Paul is being born of soldiers. He's being carried forcefully against his will. They're, they're, they've arrested him, they bound him with chains, and they bear him up and carry him away from an angry mob. And that's the idea. As the woman, the unsafe people of the earth, are taken captive by Satan at his will, and then it's as if they're born by Satan. They're carried forth to do his bidding they're, they're servants to sin and to Satan. And then it goes on uh, to say, I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast has the seven heads and ten horns. Now, I've um, been saying for some time that the beast is a name that God has assigned to Satan exclusive for the Great Tribulation period that it identifies with his period of rule during the 23-year Great Tribulation. And that is that is correct. That is the name God has given to Satan. Uh, but here we're going to see that this beast, 
which has seven heads and ten horns, as we will go further on, is representative of Satan's rule throughout all time. And, and yet, God here is calling it the beast. And I think the way that we can understand this is that of the 30-some times that the beast is used to identify with Satan, um, it, it, overwhelmingly, it is uh, focused upon the Great Tribulation. Uh, for instance, in Revelation 11, verse 7, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them. That's pointing to the Great Tribulation. In Revelation 13, in verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, just as we have in uh, in view in our verse in Revelation chapter 17. Seven heads and ten horns. And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. In verse 2 of Revelation 13, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And as we would continue reading in Revelation 13, well, uh, many more times we read of the beast, and the whole chapter is focused on the Great Tribulation. In Revelation 14, verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead, or in his hand. And verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And, and again, that's uh, Judgment Day that follows the Great Tribulation, the time in which the beast was worshipped. And in Revelation 15, there's reference to those that uh, or the believers who got the victory over the beast in Revelation 16 and so forth. It, in chapter after chapter, the beast is the name for Satan during the Great Tribulation. Now here in chapter 17, I think God is just assuring or making certain we understand who the beast is. We we saw back in Revelation 13 that he had the seven heads and ten horns, and there they were crowned, and when they're crowned, that in particular points to the Great Tribulation period. But in Revelation chapter 12, we read, of Satan, and it says in verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. So here, the the crowns are upon the heads rather than the horns, and, and this is um, directing our focus to Satan's rule at other times, 
other than the little season of the Great Tribulation. When the crowns are on the horns, the focus is the little season of the Great Tribulation. But here, it's the great red dragon said to have seven heads and ten horns. And that's the the link, the tie-in that God wants to make with the beast. We see that in Revelation 17, 7, the, the beast that carried her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. It's the dragon, it's Satan, it's um, the same evil uh, creature, uh, evil fallen angel that's been in view throughout the whole Bible. And and yet, uh, here God is identifying him as the beast. All right, in verse 8 of Revelation 17, it says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And this is language that relates to Revelation 13, In verse 3 again, And I saw one of his heads, as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. So the beast was and is not, because at the cross he, he took a death blow. When the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, Satan was bound, and there was a major change in the way God was evangelizing the earth. And so the Bible um, likens Satan to being cast into a bottomless pit and bound for a thousand years. And, and that's what is in view here. The beast that thou sawest was and is not. The, the reference to and is not is that deadly wound he received, the period of his binding for this figurative thousand years, which represented the completeness of the church age and turned out to be 1955 actual years, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. That is, he's going to come up out of the pit. Now let's take a look at Revelation 20, and it says, in beginning in verse 1, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And then this same chapter in Revelation 20 tells us he is loosed in verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So we read that Satan's loosed, he goes forth, and all of a sudden God is um, uh, speaking of Gog, G-O-G, Gog and Magog, and we wonder what what does that have to do with anything? Well, when we look into the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, we find 
Gog and Magog that are, are discussed in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And in Ezekiel 38 verse 2, it says, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And then it says in verse 8 of Ezekiel chapter 38, After many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. There, in verse 9, it said that Gog and Magog, or Gog, will ascend like a storm. And that is um, what our verse is saying, that uh, the beast which was and is not shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. And when Satan does ascend, it is uh, that verse in Revelation 17.8 identifies with his loosing because in Revelation 27 and 8 the loosing of Satan is tied to Gog and Magog and and then we read Ezekiel 38 verse 9 and it says that Gog ascends so um, the the coming of Satan and his forces against the church at the point of his loosing is when he ascended out of the bottomless pit and in Revelation 11 verse 7 when the Lord is speaking of the two witnesses, it says there, when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So now we can see clearly that the point of Satan's ascent from the bottomless pit is the time of his loosing, which would be the end of the church age, the end of the thousand years, that, that completeness of the church age, and the beginning of the great tribulation, the beginning of judgment upon the house of God. In Revelation chapter 13, where we, we saw, um, the, all the language concerning the beast and, and God continuing to speak of that beast, says in verse 6, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. All these verses fit together and they declare with one voice that the death of the two witnesses in Revelation 11 occurred at the end of the church age, the beginning of the Great Tribulation. It has nothing to do with May 21, 2011. It has nothing to do with uh, any perceived uh, end of witness in, in our time of Judgment Day. 
it, uh, the language of the Bible pinpoints the time of Satan's ascending out of the bottomless pit as the beginning of the judgment on the church, and no other time could be in view. All right, well, in Revelation 17, 8, says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And Lord willing, when we get together in our next study, we'll see what this means, that the beast goes into perdition. We'll look at the word, and we'll see how that fits in God's timeline for the day of judgment. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.